Hi, this is Andrew Godomsky, and that is Jason Roberts. And this is recruiting.technology, the best in bots, automation, and all things algorithmic anywhere on the internet and Facebook. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. <laughs> That's my new tagline. I'm putting it in there every time. We're going to put it every once in a while. We're actually two times within three weeks. I, it must be summer. <laughs> it, it must be. I have nothing else going on in my life. I, I just record podcasts with Andrew. That's it. That yeah, that's all right. That's all we do is, in fact, we've done seven of them. We just are releasing them slowly. Just kidding. That's true. Um, no, but no, actually, I mean, I mean, it, it, as, as, as much as I would love to say that it, the summertime is slow, I, I, I imagine you're busy. We're, we're busy, you know, lots of stuff going on in talent, plenty of people asking for data. So um, it's not, you know, we've got a full docket. Um, but what, what I need, Jason, is I need a bot. I need a bot to, to, to automate all the work that I do. Uh, so maybe we should talk about bots and, and AI today and just kind of shoot the shit. What do you think? Let's do that. Um, I think, so I remember the very first time I saw a recruiting bot. Do you, I think you may, I don't know if you were there with me or not. So, um, HR tech three years ago, maybe I think it was three years ago. Um, walking around doing my thing. And I saw Olivia's booth. It's, it was a nice size booth, nice big booth. Looked like a well-established firm. Like they had put out some cash for this thing. They knew what they're doing. And, uh, they were like, uh, text this number. I was like, what? So I did. And the bot interviewed me and then, scheduled me for an interview. And I thought, oh man, it's uh, this is going to change everything. So uh, Olivia's bot was the first one that I really interacted with. I'd seen, I'd heard of others, seen others, but it's the first one I tinkered with. And um, <laughs> what I learned later is that um, whenever that was, I think it was three years ago, uh, like the night before they finished building that, <laughs> that demo. <laughs> it's like masking tape. <laughs> It was apparently it was just barely uh, put together with duct tape and bailing wire. Um, all the like, half interactions, are, I'm sure, were other people like typing as fast as they could, trying to keep up with six conversations. But but yeah, it was uh, it was literally they had. I don't think they even had customers at that point. But right. man, they put a good show. They acted like they did, and I, I was interested. I, I thought, man, this is going to change everything, and. Um, I'm, uh, I'm several years later. I've tried many, many of the bots. And what I'll tell you is, hasn't changed everything. And we still recruit. Um, I still think it has more potential than we've realized. But um, it has not changed everything as I expected it to. What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, well, I'm still waiting for my jet pack, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, where's my land speeder? You know, I mean, so... I, I agree. If you think, if you go back, you know, 36 months and you think about, um, you know, kind of where we've come, you know, not everybody's using uh, AI. Okay. And lack of definition. Right. And then I thought what we're going to talk, we're not going to talk about what it is and what it isn't too much today, but there are plenty of chatbots. There are plenty of automated services 
that are out there, but what we don't have, and I appreciate all the people who are listening who hate when I say stuff like this, it is not crazy widespread, right? Like we're not using AI as much as we're using, say, third-party assessment, or we're not using AI as much as we're using job boards, right? So, right, so so it's it's still in its terms or any of those other things. I think it's it's still catching on, right? We're, I don't know, I, I look at it, the, the other thing is I'm finding the behavior of AI companies weird. So um, there was this sort of gold rush that happened where people were like, oh, this is something. So we had a bunch of companies that popped up, right? right. And um, lots of them went for the lowest hanging fruit, which is the high volume, low skill jobs, rewrite the process so that it's uh, more easily automatable, which is what Olivia Alio went for, um, and do that successfully. I mean, you can, you really don't need a recruiter um, if you can plug the right programmatic into the right bot uh, at low volume high and, or high volume, low skill gigs. You, right. don't need, you, know, you don't need really much human interaction at all until you get to that interview. Um, even scheduling the interview, you don't need, but getting to the interview we typically still have people there. We haven't let the bots make decisions yet, which in Europe is illegal. So um, that's, that's happening. But what they didn't account for was what a lot of us spend our time on, and that's uh, white-collar, mid-career professionals, right? How do you right. determine, how do you find software developers and determine if they have the requisite skills based on the requirements that are written? So sort of the core bots, like the Mayas, the Alios, the, the um, Olivia, those are the, probably the most popular that I hear about. Yeah, uh, well, they all end in, you know, most of them end in a, in a vow. We, 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 we've already done that show. Every one of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really a bot unless it ends in a vow. No. Or, you know. or it's named after an evil uh, bot, Zor. Yeah. Zor the evil bot. Zor so, the evil chat bot. Yeah. Zor the evil chat bot. So that's, that's an option. <laughs> what's, what's funny about that is they actually have a pretty legit product. It actually does. They do. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a terrible thing. So these, all, these guys all rush to the bottom um, as far as complexity. And um, there was only one holdout that I saw. The, the reason for this is, that, is this. In order, to, in order to create a, a screening experience that works, you have, to, uh, you have to write those chat interactions every time. There are individual chats that you're writing per job. And that's the same. That is the case with Olivia. That's the case with Alio. That's the case with Maya. Still today, you have to, you have to do those things. With some of those, every single time, it's some level of consulting engagement. With with some others, they just charge you enough up front that they expect to have to do this every once in a while. And they build that into their upfront cost. Right. They, 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 they built that into that risk and they, they've built it into a, it's a margin play. They have variable margin on an engagement with, you know, they're, they're hoping for X percent and there's a likelihood that that'll happen, especially if they target the right way. Right. So, and you know, you, you may not have, you, you may not have any, had anybody come to you, as a, for a chatbot just dialogue because they haven't built something that's like what you have yet. Right. 
It's true. And it costs them a lot to engage with you if you're brand new. I'm pretty sure that they're not, hey, let's go after all the companies that do CNC machining. <laughs> right? They're, so, they're, going after that. they're going to the bottom, as you said. Maya, Maya made a, a move to help fix this by allowing users to write their own chat, chat transcripts. That's, that's fine. That's fair. In fact, that's actually how uh, Montage's bot works. Mm-hmm. But then, they didn't start out even going as far as calling it a bot. They were like, um, this is SMS-based screening. Like, you could right. take the same sort of video questions you have, but make them SMS-based instead and build those in. So that, that existed. It still exists in Montage. Um, Maya created a facility for you to edit your own questions. Um, that doesn't exist yet in Alio, and I, I haven't seen Olivia in, I have to confess, probably been at least 12 months since I've seen Olivia. So I don't yeah, know. If they, I, I don't know. They're, I haven't seen their roadmap in a few months. So it's, I don't know if they're there, but that's, but that's a very logical thing. A feature set that no. you'll see over, that we'll see overlap on is I want to take a script and populate it. Do you have that available? And that's going to happen just because people are going to renew with somebody else. Yeah. I, and they'll, I, they'll switch vendors. And you know, who I haven't heard from in a long time. I haven't heard from Maya in a while. Like they were all the buzz for a little bit. They got a bunch of cash. Yeah. And, um, they were the assumed front runner because they had more cash than everybody else. And then they went, they went quiet. And since then, Alio has surpassed them in fundraising. Um, I think Maya was in the 40 million range. I think 40, 45, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, Alio is in the 60 million range. So they have surpassed them in funding and, uh, and also in buzz, I believe. I think the buzz is, is around uh, Alio right now versus, uh, versus Maya. And um, Olivia, I also don't hear a ton from, though I think they are still, I see them more active in the market. I hear more people talking about them yeah. uh, versus you know, having them in the middle of conversations. Uh, so I, I think that, and customers ask me about them still. Uh, so I think Olivia is probably still in it. I think Alio's um, the hot stuff these days, and Maya sort of disappeared for us for a little while, um, which is weird because you know they one they had solid funding, but two they they were starting some global work. So we tried them in Asia Pacific. They have a Germany office um, that that's compelling for me as a as sort of an international player. That's that's interesting. I, I think there's something something there. Um, but they've, they've just gone quiet. And then um, what we've been playing with a lot is this little company that's been super quiet, um, Wade and Wendy. Yeah, you guys, have been, you guys have been working them for a couple of years now. Yeah, we have. Because they, well, you know, my, my company's bread and butter. We don't do as much of the, um, the high volume, low skill stuff. We, it's, we don't do as much of the, the commodity-based recruiting there are some marketing firms that are really, that's what they do. They do it really, really well. And um, now that the bots are here and we're pretty good at bots, we're jumping into that business because we know how to automate that stuff. But, um, but historically, that hasn't been what we do. So the, the other bots didn't really catch my attention. But Alio was, or Wade and Wendy was interesting because what they do is uh, they write the chat. The bot itself writes the chat. So right, it's, the pro, the program is the 
is the architecture of the chat. That's right. right. So that's interesting because all of a sudden you have white collar, high skill jobs. You can actually screen for that stuff now. And yeah. the machine is asking the questions, determining what the appropriate answers are, and ultimately making recommendations. Now, well, and some of the holdup I'm seeing, you know, you know, I still want my jetpack. And, and what I mean by that is I'm not using me personally, I'm not using chatbot technology that often outside of recruiting. Like, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using a chatbot to the, the, the competition a chatbot has is for the transaction, right? So right. our apps have become better on our phones. The way we use services has become more transactional with more gestures and swipes. So we're not using, you know, synchronous SMS messaging as much as through an automated process anywhere near as much as I thought we would. I thought I would be, I thought that I was going to like use a chat bot with American Express Travel to figure out how Shara, Addy, and I are going to go on some vacation. I'm not. I'm no. logging on. What they've done is they've made the home screen better. And so now oh. I can just pick something and swipe and I'm done. And so well, that's a more complex sort of thing. But here's where I use a chat bot. I used one today. Um, the bank sent me an alert and said, hey, Jason, uh, we see that you spent 300 bucks on this thing and it looks a little fishy. Uh, did you do that? And I said, no, I didn't. They were like, oh, well, that's bad. So here's what you do next. Right. <laughs> they told me what to do. That was a bot-based experience. That was a chatbot. Yeah. Right? And so, so I get those two, right? I get those two from Wells and I think Wells Fargo. And I, but, but I think consciously I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of places where I'm transacting in chatbot tech that would be the 15 or 20 minutes or the seven minutes or the 15 minutes that I would rock through with Alio. So yeah. if I want to apply for a job at, you know, Subway sandwiches or whatever, you know, even if I was doing it fast, I'm having a synchronous conversation with the machine for seven to 15 minutes. Well, yeah. the only time I'm having a seven to 15 minute synchronous SMS messaging with a machine is for recruiting. I'm not doing it in any other walk of life. That, that is true. And, but you know, it's funny. It's, um, so I've been through these, these chat experiences especially like apply for a job, like text here to apply for a job. Yeah. It's so much better than the alternative. Like anyone who's ever applied for a job, it's so much better to do that the whole time. Totally. Like, awesome. If, if, if you, you know, we have, you know, these companies come to us. I got one to this morning. We're talking, we're talking about branding and everything else. And they're like, we need to be like mobile apply and, you know, make our site this and that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do all that. But I guarantee you, we're using a chatbot for their non for their non exempt population for those jobs. People are going to go ahead and text it in because yeah. it's so much better than you know. Even if you parse and all this other stuff, when it comes to hourly work, the application isn't 
upload your resume. It's just not. Right. And, and so it's, it's a pain in the ass. It's just easier to do it as a text. It's just heads and tails better. I, I think the chatbot is here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think combining the chatbot with sort of like a Calendly feel uh, for scheduling and with a um, uh, linking out to a talent community sort of landing page that's formatted for a phone, you can do those things, kind of build that in line with your chat, which is kind of what we do in our, in our norm. Um, use chat where it makes sense. Use sort of a Calendly, click the button here where it makes sense and use and allow people to intercept. Yeah, follow, yeah, follow the link and a new screen opens or, yeah. Exactly that, exactly that. So those are the sort of, sort of combined models that we're looking at. Like my normal demo um, will do that. I'll let people chat with a bot. They'll kick out to, some, to one thing, they'll kick out to another. But I, I let customers demo everything that we can do, including running their own metri- metrics from their phone. And uh, that's, that's just the way that we run the stuff. Well, and I think, I, I think you gotta, you know, there's a market now. I mean, so uh, I'll give a quick shout out to Daniel Weinblatt who runs Convey IQ, which is up in New York, but they're, they're working on just the communication of all this, you know, how do you communicate to candidates? Forget what stage they're in, what tracking and all that. Just there's so many ways that you're communicating with candidates, whether it's chat, SMS, email, you know, you're sending them documents, you're ingesting forms. And the question is, you know, how do you, how do you use all that? What's the, what's the way you do that? And then on top of that, there's, you know, you know, I mean, people outsource that stuff to you, Jason, right? So then it's like, how do you educate you know, you're, you know, we, I got a call from a company and, you know, they've got a handful of RPOs running. Right. And they're like, we don't even know, like every, it is literally the TPS report problem. It's like <laughs> every time they make a change, they got to tell eight people that the changes happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and they're like, this stinks, you know, it, like, why don't we use tools to automate more of this? We well, have more control. So I've offered, I've offered to just do in, in engagements where, you know, they'll have us in the U S and they'll have somebody else in, in Europe and somebody else in Asia. If it's the same ATS, it's all one big data dump. I yeah. actually have to do more work to filter out the other jabronis than I have to, than if I just gave them everything. So I've asked, I said, can I just give you reporting for everything? You can just see everyone, on a on a blank slate, we're all level. Will be very straightforward. You can even uh, check out the algorithms we're using. But let me just give this all to you in one place, and they won't let me. Isn't that weird? See, that's see, that's the difference. So, so we do the same thing. So, I used to do the thing where we would get all this data, and then we would kind of like work with the customer of figuring out: do we which units are we which business units are we showing which segments which recruiters, which teams, which countries, all that. Yeah, we got rid of all of that. Now we just have standard segmentations for units, nested units, locations, countries, regions. We do all that automatically for everybody. 
The difference is whether or not I let them see it. Yeah, I can't believe you get away with that. Every customer I have wants a different cut. Like everybody yeah, wants. No, yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm totally cool with you saying you want to see this, but I went ahead and did all your locations anyway. Yeah. Because it's easier for me to do that and then have you ask it than it is for me to not do it and then come up with some BS later to bridge the gap. It's just, yeah, you know what we do? We do a, a data level data data level filter. So we uh, when we get the data in, it has everybody's stuff. We will run a uh, we'll run a query that basically says, "Give me all that stuff, but without these guys." And we'll filter out everybody's stuff, and then we build our cards off of the filter. So if yeah. we ever need to add, add everybody else in, we just change that query so that it includes everybody. Does That's that make that. sense? Yeah, I mean, I think getting back to the AI, I mean, what, what's interesting is we talk about the, the analysis of this data as well as the automation of, of the processes. What, what I'm also, the other part of my jetpack that I'm missing is how is it that I'm not hearing stories now where, like, I have yet to have one of my employment branding friends say to me, Andrew, on every single one of our recs now, we're reaching 10,000 applicants or 10,000 people. And that's creating more impressions for our, our consumer brand. That's changing the, that, that's, it, it's allowing us to, to, to sell our product. It's allowing us to make people feel good about the purchase that they made because we're reaching out to them and we're going out to thousands of people. Meanwhile, you know, I mean, outside of you and maybe a handful of others, I'm not hearing about, oh, we used AI to cull through 5,000 people today into one, into, into one candidate, right? Yeah, well, there's, still, there's, a new set of, there's a new set of problems that come in there, man. Like, <laughs> what happens when you, um, when you completely drain your database of a specific skill? And um, what rules of engagement do you have on how, um, how long you have to wait between contact uh, for a specific type of candidate. So, for example, um, in the Bay Area, I, I was consistently getting the same job popping up for, for one of our customers. It was like, you know, we'll just call it random Java developer gig, right? So I was consistently getting the same sort of job, and I burned through, I kid you not, everybody that Ronstadt knows and everybody that Monster knows in, in all of our databases, that's 66 million candidates that I burned through, or that I went through. Not Now, clearly not all of them are, um, are Bay Area software developers, right? right. But it's a, just no ginormous data set, right? I went through everybody we knew in, that, in the Bay Area. And at some point, I had to stop. I had to say we can't take any more of those jobs because we didn't have the right rules of engagement on how often we'll send emails and annoy people. Right. Because, yeah, right. Cause, 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 cause the automation is going to reach out to, you know, Chris and Pat 27 yeah. times in a week. Right. Yeah. And because it's automated and we don't think that way. It's like, how many times are, you know, how many times is Nike going to reach out to the same brand manager yeah. about a job that they have in branding in the inside a quarter? Yeah, so right. we're, so before we tap into my 
fancy new data set that's an extra 350 million uh, candidates. So I'll have my automated machine will be searching over 400 million candidates all at one time. Before I do any of that business, we're having to rewrite the rules of engagement. And then the other thing is email blows, man. Email's terrible. So I don't care if you've got a perfect job for somebody, the percentage of the time they're going to actually read their email is so freaking low that you just, you never know if it's going to be, if it, if you're reaching the right people. So you've got to get SMS going, but if you have SMS going, you darn well better have your text messaging figured out. Like your, yeah. your uh, not text messaging, your uh, rules of engagement figured out. That is, that is so huge because People get annoyed if you send them too many emails, but they mainly ignore email anyway. They get irate if you send them too many text messages. Well, and, you know, and, and it's just going to end up, you know, I mean, we're just, you know, it's just becoming robotic, right? Yeah. So we're not, we're not opening our emails. So, you know, I love like the concept that, you know, hey, we shouldn't spam people. We can't email the hell out of people. I'm like, yeah, you can do whatever you... You know, do whatever it is you think you need to do. And I appreciate all the sourcers who've got amazing engagement. They write an email and like 75% of people open it. Good for you, right? But when those num- when these numbers really... I don't believe that at all. Yeah. When, the, yeah, when these numbers really get big, right? Yep. It's nowhere near that kind of open rate. Well, and here's right? the deal. I have, we have professional writers. Like this is what they do for a living. We have marketeers and professional writers. The reason that people actually, I kid you not, they will stay on a wade and windy chat for over 30 minutes and we give them exit points and they choose to keep going. And the reason they keep doing it is we hire professional writers to write these conversations. Right. And they don't write every conversation. They just write the conversation format. And we, uh, we get to interact with them, right? So it's pretty darn good. Um, but we have professionals writing this stuff. We have marketeers writing our emails. And I don't have a huge percentage of people answering my emails. That's because a huge percentage of people are like me and have an inbox with 30,000 unopened rest- messages. Well, and here's, here's, the, here's the other litmus test, right? Yeah. Is, you know... It can't all be like this magic, oh, we wrote an email and now all these people are answering because, you know, I'm not seeing your average sorcerer rocking a Ferrari, right? It's not like we went ahead and added AI and added data analytics to sourcing and recruiting. And now all the commercial agency recruiters and so on are all of a sudden tripling their income, tripling their output. None of that has happened. Right. No, but None it's, of that it's has happened. happened. It's different though. What's happening is it's, it's the big companies like, like mine that are looking at it saying, all right, how can we, how can we clean this model up? Like I, I'm convinced that at some point, so uh, one of us is going to hit on a model that works as a fully digital agency. I'm convinced, right? There's these people that have tried different models of this. Hired is is one, and and uh, there, there's a few others that are out there that are trying to be uh, fully digital agencies. That's yeah. going to happen at some point. And, uh, and I, I, Upwork is sort of a fully digital agency. It's a it's freelancer management, but it's right. but it's a fully digital experience. 
we'll, we'll get something that clicks and that works like it's supposed to. And uh, I think they're going to do really, really well because their fees can be really minute. But you need stuff to actually do what it's supposed to do, um, which, you know, is probably part of the reason people let my little skunk works keep doing, keep skunk working. But, but at the same time, you know, we still have, we, we still have to play catch up with the consumer, you know, the consumer nature of this work. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so your average person doesn't. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what, what's happened over the last decade is people are changing their jobs a lot faster than they used to. Yep. Like, you know, so over a 10 year period, you're in more roles than you were. And, and nobody wants to talk about that, you know, but people say, well, recruiting is really busy. I'm like, well, actually attrition is really busy. Right. You think, think about this. Um, think about like, <laughs> if you're a, you're a staffing firm so say or even better say you're an agency even an agency that makes a small uh, uh, a small amount per hire um who is it there's there's somebody out there charging seven percent i've seen seven and ten percent digital oh, uh, the, the uh engage to excel guys the former decision toolbox for like 20 years i've been charging seven percent of first year's compensation for years yeah, so, so here's what's interesting Back when people change jobs twice in their career, it's not so great. But when people change jobs every 18 months, think of how many more revenue opportunities that, that looks like. I mean, how many more trips to the cash register? Okay, you can afford to do it at 7% because you're going to do that. You're going to be taking that same guy somewhere else in 18 months. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that, that you know, so – you know, I appreciate the, the work that you're in. So forgive me if this sounds awful, but, you know, I'll look at, you know, I'll look at a contract that's a cost per hire contract. Yeah. And then I'll look at attrition rates over time for a business. And yeah. I'll say, go renegotiate with your RPO. And they're like, why is that? I said, because you're paying dollars per job. And they're like, yeah, so what? And I'm like, well, you're like hiring 400 more people a year, but your headcount's not growing. And they're like, okay. I'm like, just pay for the staff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, because if it, if you're, because it's become socially acceptable to leave your job for more money and to combat that the average tenure in a particular role has stabilized. I mean, you know, you're, most people are staying in a role 12 to 18 months and then they move then their role changes even your role has changed how many times has your role changed in the last four years in the middle of changing right now a bunch right so i mean my role i don't mind my own business my role keeps changing so you know i think i think that we tend to turn over our people a lot faster which is creating a lot more volume which is why i think the bots are important Right. Well, I think we'll see more people going through these bot conversations and the use of automation tools and sourcing in assessment, automation and analytics more because our volumes are increasing per year. Right. I agree. Hey, you know what? Let me let's talk about one other thing. Just I want to shift topics on you really quickly um, because my daughter got her first job. Ever. So Woo-hoo. my middle kid, this is Emma. She's awesome. 
And um, she decided to go for her first job, and her first job is at McAllister's Deli. It's a real McAllister's place. Deli? McAllister's Deli. Okay. So I happened to be there at lunch one day um, before we knew she was getting the job. And uh, on the window, they had the now hiring sign. They said, work today, get paid today. Work today, get paid today? Work today, get paid today. They are offering just your, just McAllister's Deli. Like, now, they're, they're, they are a chain. They're a chain in the, like, I'm guessing Southwest. I don't know. Um, very good place. But uh, they, they have several locations. And they set up this thing where all of their workers have access to work today and get paid same day. Uber driver style. Interesting. How crazy is that? I kind of like that. I know. I, so there's no more like wait until my paycheck. It's, hey, I work today. I can, I can do something. I can go out tonight. I like that. I like that. That's, that's cool, especially for, for, for non-exempt. I mean, you just, you know, at the end of your shift, you get paid. Oh, man, I want it too. I'm just kidding. I'm good though. That's a, that's a good thing. You work, you get paid when you work and which goes with my, um, my parenting philosophy of I, uh, nothing in this life is free. So I don't give, give out allowance. Um, but people can do chores for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, you know, like cleaning a bathroom for 10 bucks. So they, uh, they get paid. I wouldn't call that a ridiculous amount of money. I may have to call Dyfus on you. Here, scrub these toilets in the shower. Here's a ten spot. That's like that's good. That's good money. Like it's good twenty money. minutes okay. of work and you make ten dollars. That's pretty good. Well, I, I I demand a very clean bathroom. So maybe, maybe you know, it's it's. I'm telling you, it's a as far as the going rate for kid work goes, I'm killing it. I've got my kids begging me to do chores. Anyway, all that to say, as soon as they do that work my big secret to making them still beg me to do jobs is I pay them instantly. I cash, them, cash on delivery. Well, you know, I, I transfer money to their, to their uh, current card, but yes. Demo your kids. No, they, so there's, there's these, it's a whole new te- technology talk. There are these credit cards for teens they make. And yep. there's a parent, there's a parent app. There's a kid app and uh, the kids get their own cards and can do their thing. But I can assign a chore to them. They complete it. Tell me they complete it. When I check it out, I release the funds. I love it. It's genius. So genius. But anyway, the, the work, work now, get paid. I can go out with my friends. Um, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty awesome thing. Well, so, so now the question is, let, let's apply that to recruiting. Let's, let's take this for a ride. I like this conversation. Yeah. Let's say that... You paid people based on activity. And so, you know, I'm going to pay you for, um, you know, so you could pay people at the end of the day. So you have no idea what they're doing through the day. But huh? you know, the recruiter, recruiter is uh, rocking and rolling and working their recs and talking with the sourcing team and talking with managers. And at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock that day, you know, money hits their account. But what if that what if that was contingent upon them reaching certain 
thresholds inside the data, right? Milestones? Whatever. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, you and I could spend a day talking about what the milestones are. So, so, do you, so, so what, what if I went ahead and created a handful of milestones that said, if you hit these milestones by the end of the day, you get paid today? Or better yet, every uh-huh. time you hit these milestones, you get uh, a percentage of your paycheck, and it's faster than every two weeks. So, so the would, question is, would recruiters increase their activity if they were getting cash on delivery at the end of each day? Um, you know what I think they would do? I think they would game the system to burn through, burn through the numbers they need to hit their metric and then they'd uh, hang out by the pool for the rest of the day. That's what I think would happen in real life. I, but I'd be okay with that. If I, if I knew, so let's just say that if I knew that a recruiter, oh, I don't know, had X number of, X number of transactions in a day, and it took them six hours, and they did it the way that I wanted, and they logged it all the way that it was supposed to be, and they were fair, and there was parity, and it was equitable, and I measured all that. I don't care if it takes them six hours or eight hours to do that work. It's if they do it in six hours because they're kicking butt, and they, they, they hit the number I want, and they want to go chill out for two hours, have at it. Because I'll retain them longer anyway. That's basically our model, right? So we're a meritocracy. You have, you have goals, and you work from home. Nobody's watching the clock. Nobody's hounding you. But if you don't meet your goals, then that's bad. If you do meet your goals, then that's good. And nobody's watching exactly when you meet those goals. If you like to work half the night and pound away at your stuff and you get the right results, do that. Be good at that. Um, and uh, I think most of, the, most of the time, as long as the recruiters are getting the results we want, that's fair. Now, we have had times where we didn't set the goals right. <laughs> and we've got recruiters... <laughs> working our job plus working for another company. We have one recruiter that was working for both uh, SourceRite and PeopleScout at the same time. <laughs> so that was awesome. And that awesome. totally got busted because somebody asked about, I think their LinkedIn profile or something, or found a second LinkedIn profile for them that referenced the other account. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Screwed that one up. So no. just weirdness. I don't, I don't know. I mean... I don't know if people would would go faster or better if they were paid at the end of the day in well, recruiting, but that's a but maybe it's a very personal thing. I think it has, it's different though. I think it's I, where I see it really interesting to me. The reason I thought this is an interesting thing is I think for um, contractors, people doing contract work for us, I think offering um, get paid today would be a differentiator that that they might sign up for. Right. Because it may actually be almost like a bonus, like a two week bonus. If you start, they certainly would start to work sooner. Um, but if you start today and you've got a two week lag on your last job, then you're going to get a two week bonus when you start the new job. Right. Yeah. So it, it feels like it feels like it might be a differentiator without a lot of costs associated. Um, and there's some other tricks that I think you can play with that. Like, um, I don't know if you, so for example, if you pay people on a debit card that you're funding, which is the way my daughter's thing worked when I, when I dug into it, 
they're paying to a specific deb- debit card. Yeah. Well, they make a transaction fee off the debit card, right? They take one okay. and a half or something on that debit card. And so they fund anything that might go awry based on the fact they're making one and a half percent on your swipes at a terminal. Okay. So uh, I think there's some interesting thing, plays there, but the big deal is I think uh, for gig economy stuff, for putting contractors to work, I think everybody's going to have to start paying on the same day. I think literally everyone's going to have to figure out how to pay on the same day because if you pay in two weeks and the guy next to you pays the same day and I'm looking for a job, guess where who, I go yeah, to? Who am I going to talk to? Totally. Yeah. I go I to pay, that. I pay the majority of our contractors the day that they bill us. Yeah. Right. So, you know, now I might have different terms, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily assume that they're going to be a bank for, for yeah. me. So send me a bill, I pay it. Especially the smaller guys, you you should. Especially the smaller guys, because I'm a small guy myself. So I know what it what it feels like to get hit, right? Take the hit. But but here's the other thing. If if you don't accept payment using like PayPal or something like that, (laughs) dude, I want my points. (laughs) I got Amex points out the gazoo. Nice. And it's the best thing ever. I'm like paying marketing people. Oh, five thousand dollar bill, sure, PayPal, and then it just goes right, just right just, to the Amex points, right into the Amex points, and it's upgrade city. It's <laughs> wow. You must be triple black on your Amex. It must be I the. I just have black. the regular platinum. It's I have the one that's like the Ninja Star. It's like full metal, right? I need one of those. I need to get one of those. I gotta do that. I sharpen the edges just in case. Perfect. Hey, man, we gotta wrap this up. We gotta wrap it up. All right. So, where are you next? Are you anywhere in the next? uh... It's posted right now, September twenty fourth. I'm speaking at SourceCon on a very closely related topic. I'm talking about fully automated sourcing and how we. I will be between now and then. I got two. August 6th, 7th, and 8th is a social recruiting strategies conference in Philadelphia. Uh, nice. And then uh, September, I think it's 15th and 16th in Chicago, is Tech Recruit. And so oh. uh, I'll, be, I'll be at those two, uh, one t- both, both data analytics conversations. All right. Well, thanks so much for everybody tuning in. This has been Recruiting.Technology. I'm Andrew Godomsky, and that is... Mason Roberts. See you next time. Signing off. Yeah.